Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You're listening to Sisters Speak, and today um, we are, we're going to be talking about Muslims in the media. And alhamdulillah, I am joined by my co host, Sister Awaida, and also a special guest, Sister Alif. Assalamu alaikum, Sister. How are you? Alaikum assalam. I'm fine. Thank you. Um, thank you for um, choosing me to join this podcast today. I'm really excited. No, Jazakallah for coming. Um, I believe you have some interest slash experience in journalism and writing. Am I correct? Yes, that's right. Um, I work as a community reporter, so a journalist uh, for Newcastle Chronicle. Um, also have experiences uh, in journalism before actually starting to work as a journalist. Uh, have studied um, at university, graduated in media and journalism. So an area that I have really have high interest in. Wow, mashallah, that sounds amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today. And assalamu alaikum to all our listeners today. And just a little disclaimer before we start our show. The show is called Sisters Speak, and we do focus on issues affecting young Muslims living in the West especially. But we do welcome both our brothers and our sisters to tune in and engage in the show. And please be aware that we are not experts or professionals, so we will only be answering questions that are relevant to the show, and will only answer those that we have knowledge on. But please like, subscribe to all of our channels, and do tell us your views or answers our questions in the comments. So let's just get straight in with Muslims in the media, starting with, I think, newspapers, which is the most basic or like the first type of media that we probably had. Um, Sister Rueda, what do you think about how Muslims are portrayed in newspapers or in the news in general? I think in general, we are misrepresented pretty harshly um, on newspapers, in the media in general. Um, since 9-11, there's been a real push from the mainstream media to like push this narrative that Muslims are the ones who commit acts of terror or extremism, etc. And we all know like this isn't something from Islam, obviously. And I think it really negatively affects us, especially young people, um because like if you think about it i was born in the late 90s i'm sure you guys were as well and like literally all of our lives because 9 11 happened in the early 2000s right so all of our lives all we've heard about muslims in media is that we're violent we're extremists we commit acts of terror etc and i feel like it really has a negative effect on us and like depending on like your upbringing alhamdulillah i would say that all three of us have had good upbringings but if you don't have someone that you can turn to and someone that can help you like establish a strong muslim identity that is actually you know islamic um you might end up hating your own identity and it can be really negative or on the uh, on the flip side you might even ascribe to that form of Islam that or Muslims that we might see represented in media. So I think either way, the negative representation of Muslims in media can have a really negative impact. Um, I don't know if Elif or you, Ikram, have anything to add to that? 
I'd be interested to hear what Elif has to say. Yes. Um, well, newspapers uh, have many times portrayed Muslims in quite an Islamophobic manner um, on their front covers. Um, like Rueda was saying, after 9-11, we have, there has been an increase of uh, Islamophobic representation of Muslims, uh, especially like relating to, like relating Muslims to um, terrorism, uh, making Muslims appear as backwards-minded, oppressed, not fitting into the British society, being the odd ones in British society. Uh, some examples I could give, uh, not naming the newspapers, but for instance, one in five Brit Muslims sympathy for jihadis. Uh, this is like a good example of how Muslims are being portrayed as supporting something that you know is not good. Uh, it's the generalizing them. Um, you, uh, there's another one as well, not naming the newspaper. MPs anger as Christian girl forced into Muslim foster care. So it here is just showing like comparisons of two different groups and how Muslims are the oppressors. Uh, but newspaper wise, depending on which newspaper, you can see a lot more, uh, I would say, hate towards Muslim groups, whereas some can be more in the middle. Uh, newspaper covers nowadays, I wouldn't say that as bad as they were probably 10 to 20 years ago. Uh, but the thing is, is in when you go in a newsroom, especially print media newsroom, uh, probably more like 10 years ago, there probably wasn't any Muslims in that newsroom. Uh, you would obviously have a more white male dominated uh, group of journalists who would have a say of what to be put on the cover, what text would be attached to the image that will be put on the cover. Uh, so you won't really have, let's say, a Muslim there to put a stop to what was written or what photos were attached to it. Whereas now we're slowly starting to see more Muslims getting involved with the way Muslims are being represented on newspaper print, or it could be on digital, such as TV, or radio, or uh, social media, like websites as well. So yeah, um, I feel like most newspaper covers so far uh, have gave evidences of Islamophobia. Yeah, yeah definitely. Oh, sorry, Akra. <laughs> I no, just no. you go on. I just wanted to add something to what you said, Elif, um, mm -hmm. about the um representation that we have of Muslims now, like working in journalism and things like what you do. I think it's really important that we encourage the young people of today to go for those kinds of jobs as well, because as you said, like 10 years ago, there wasn't that many Muslims in, in those fields. So we didn't have a voice, but now slowly we're starting to get one. And I feel like, I don't know about 
you Elif or or you um, Ikram but sometimes I feel like from my culture especially people really put down those kind of career choices and they say oh um, medicine or engineering or something like that and they really put down those career choices like political and law and even like media and I think we need more Muslims in those spaces. Ikram, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think, especially with something that affects, um, I think, our religion a lot more than other religions, it is important to have Muslims in that spaces and in those spaces and also um, Muslims that are going to be helpful to the community rather than harmful. So people who are going to be helpful to the community rather than harmful. And also, this doesn't even have to come from Muslims themselves. I think the media, especially now, is becoming more sly in the way it portrays Muslims. Because back then, they would just state it, you know. They would just say, oh, XX is a terrorist. Or, like, X terrorist did this. Whereas now, it's more, like, indirect. Like, you notice in the way they phrase things. So they may just say something like, man who has a Muslim cousin does XX. So it's not as um, apparent as it used to be, but it's still there. And all of this just instills fear in, um, in the, our Muslim communities and also outside of Muslim communities because I think especially as Muslims we um, we overestimate how much non-Muslims know about Islam we assume that they know all about Islam or at least they know the foundations which isn't actually um, true and I think we also forget that a lot of people especially when you take into consideration the older generation and I'm not calling people who are over 25 old, I'm just saying like that type of age group, majority of their media does come from news and the newspapers as well. I don't know if, Elle, if you have anything that you want to add to that. Um, yeah, I mean, media has quite a dominant role in society. Uh, it's a very powerful tool to communicate to society and it can really shape people's mindset. So uh, having more Muslims in the media and media does not mean just journalism. It could be different fields of media, uh, gives, gives more Muslim voices, which can change the way Muslims are represented because the way Muslims have been represented, especially after 9-11, like I had said, previously has been very white like a white dominated way of, of viewing the muslims like muslims are seen as strange you know like they're not fitting into the U british society like that's like the way m most of the time muslims have been portrayed uh, and you can see this a lot when you watch films hollywood films specifically uh, it can be very vocal in films uh, because they get very stereotyped. Uh, but I feel like the best way to change the future of how Muslims are represented in the media is to get more Muslims to think of, oh, I want to be a journalist, or, oh, I want to make a change with how, for instance, um, the refugees are represented on TV, or 
might have a different interest on how I can make Muslim women who wear hijab, you know, look more better, sound more better. Um, or it could be on TV as well. So I think that's basically one of my main things that I would really like to say as a journalist myself, who doesn't see a lot of Muslims within the newsroom, is to encourage more Muslims to consider to work in the field of media. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for that, Elif. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think another way, um, I was trying to think of ways that we can maybe improve the image of Muslims in media. And I think one thing in particular is Muslims are overly um, represented as a group of people that commit acts of terror. And terrorism is often linked to Muslims. You know, when you when a non-Muslim commits an act of terror, then it's usually due to mental health or something other than their religion is brought into it, basically. Um, so I think what needs to happen is we need a definition for terrorism, something that's transparent, something that's publicly accepted and something that is consistently applied, whether the person is black, white, Muslim, Christian, Jewish, whatever, it's, I, I feel like we need that as well. And that comes under the legislation, maybe like government. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that could like, at least remove some of the bias that comes around Muslims being represented as people who commit acts of terror. Um, Jazakallah for that, Rawida, and Jazakallah for all of those um, contributions. We have a nice comment here from Mohammed Hamdan who says she is right. I think he's referring to you, Elif, that Muslim people need backup on this sort of thing, which is very true. At the end of the day, um, sometimes we have to include ourselves in spaces and like force our way into spaces for us to see a ch for there to be a change. Now we've talked about newspapers. Moving on to television, and we're going to specifically be focusing on the ideas of at least initially the savior complex slash liberating a Muslim female. Because when like researching this topic, this was something that we all identified as something that was very very common, especially in television, more so in television and in movies than in um, newspapers. I have always seen this sort of obsession with the Muslim woman like taking off her hijab or like liberating or liberate or be becoming liberated through the removal of hijab like in a show about doctors and hospitals and I don't even watch this tv show I saw a clip of it being advertised a patient was bleeding out and keep in mind this is in a hospital okay, and this is a doctor, you are in a hospital with tons of medical equipment, this is probably the best place to be bleeding to death, and the doctor shouts that she needs a tourniquet, I think that's how you pronounce it, that's basically the medical word for an equipment that stops bleeding or helps to reduce bleeding, and not even up to five seconds after shouting that, she literally just yeets off her hijab, she just removes it and uses that to stop the bleed instead and imagine my face I was just like face palming because I was like how 
silly is this she's in a hospital in a doctor she's a doctor in a hospital surrounded by all of this medical equipment and yet they're still feeling they still feel like it's necessary for her to remove her hijab to to be used as an equipment instead so I've just always noticed that and you also have you know the idea that once the woman removes her hijab she's free she's liberated she's saved suddenly everyone notices her she goes from being the quiet person to the confident person where everyone suddenly notices her that's when she becomes intelligent that's when she's so much more beautiful and what do you think about this Alif? Yeah I mean <clears throat> It is something that we do see quite commonly. I mean, it is a, if you're watching British TV, like I said earlier, it is um, going to be from a viewpoint that is dominated the most, which is, you know, white British people. So um, it will view the world outside of the UK in a way they see it. So when it comes to the Muslim countries, Middle East, it could be certain parts of Africa as well, including parts of Asia, um, you will have, I mean, I personally will see that they show, like I'm Turkish, so I always feel like when they show Turkey, um, even though Turkey is very diverse, especially Istanbul, you see a lot of women that they f tend to focus on with their camera who are covered from top to bottom. But it's very diverse, you see, in Istanbul. It's like they want to show... Uh, I'm giving Istanbul an example here. Istanbul as a certain angle, a certain way. Uh, and that's like through looking through the camera with that with their eye lens. Like they want to show a certain Muslim city, country, in a way that they want to show. And then they kind of show it in a way where... The country is not very developed. It's in poverty. And there's political issues. Like the way they like to show probably most Middle Eastern countries is in that way. Um, there's more of like a country, like a, I don't know how to put it, but like they focus more on like the negative sides than the positive sides of um uh, you know, like, for instance, for instance, like a Muslim country that is like Turkey, when there's a lot more things that they could have focused on. I watched a documentary with BBC One uh, a few months back. I think it was filmed just before the COVID. Uh, and it, that's exactly what I had saw. I was so excited to sit and watch it. And I did enjoy it. But I was like, why are they focusing on such, you know, like negative things when there's so many rich things to talk about when it comes to Istanbul? Um, and the focus on mosques was nice, but it's like the way they portray mosques and the worshipping, it comes across as like strange. Um, it's like the white presenter will walk in and just sit and observe, but the way it's like messaged out is like, this is strange, this is weird. So that's one thing that I always pick up on when I watch any documentary about any Muslim country is, is you see this, you know, white presenter going in and feeling super alienated and not feeling like 
they're comfortable in some sense as well. So it's like they like to show, obviously, a certain group of people like Muslims or it could be like different colored or depending on what they're wearing as well. But there's always that we are different kind of message behind it. Um, so that's kind of my viewpoint on this kind of so subject. Jazakallah for that, Alif. I think as well, um, what I've also noticed is that a lot of the times it's not actually the white people doing that. It's not actually the white people creating or like the, not the white people, sorry. It's not like the Western people creating that, like you said. Like a lot of the times when you look at the producers of those films or movies or the actors or actresses, they would have collaborated with people who seem to have Muslims names or may even identify themselves as Muslims, which is why I think the right representation or the right person is also very important because um, sometimes at the end of the day, the type of scenes or things that they may want the person to act out, you won't necessarily find that in the typical, what if, if you wanna call them the typical practicing Muslim, so I think it's not also like one viewpoint a lot of the times because they're still using people who have a connection to the religion or some type of background or history with the religion. What do you think, Rueda? Yeah, 100%. I agree with you. I remember as you were saying that, I remember I watched a, um, a TV series where one of the characters was portrayed as Muslim. He was brown, so I don't know if he was actually Muslim or not. But um, yeah, um, he was portrayed, he was in a scene, he was doing the sujood, and then someone calls him, and then suddenly he's up out of sujood and answering that person. And it's like, what are you doing? Um, like, how could no one in the whole team, in the producer team, know that, when a muslim is called to even if they're praying they're not going to answer your call you know what i mean but um it happened and i found it really funny i rewinded it like 10 times and rewatched it again and again because i just found it hilarious but it, it does show that we do need muslim voices in these spaces because then at least there'd be someone there to tell them that's not how Muslims pray. If someone is calling me while I'm praying, I'm not going to get up in the middle of it and answer the call. But yeah, definitely, um, just to go back to how Muslims are represented in media, um, I think this whole idea, this whole saviour complex thing, it stems from the days of colonisation and the Crusades where Muslims were being um where no where western countries were being you know forced to take on east i mean eastern countries were being forced to take on western ideologies and western ideas western religions western clothing western languages and you know this is the case in a lot of countries across africa and europe um eastern europe and the middle east so definitely, um, I think that's where it came from. That's where that whole idea of liberating the Muslim woman came from. Um, we do have a few comments here. Um, 
Um, before we read out the comments, actually, I just want to add to that as well. I think that's, I think you're right. I think this whole idea of, like, minorities in general being saved has been something that is, like, has always been, like, paramount within like society especially like the western society and you see especially in like how they portray like relationships like not even like muslim relationships for example pocahontas like if you find the original story of pocahontas is nothing like the disney story at all it's the actual complete opposite and you actually you still see this as well in tv where they where the muslim female um, they portray this idea of the woman needing to be rescued by a non-Muslim man and like he's saving her from her religion, her culture, her practices and he's making her come away from Islam and there's nothing wrong with different religions but why is it always the Muslim woman that is leaving her religion and in leaving that religion she's suddenly better off and I think at the end of the day all of this just ends up promoting like haram ideas like for example like it ends up promoting like relationships outside of marriage or like premarital sexual relations so like it ends up pushing out so many bad ideas that can have an effect on impressionable minds especially if the character is designed in a way to be relatable like for example if the character is wearing a scarf you know everyone does go through tests and there are some issues in these TV shows and things that some people may be struggling struggling with. But I think in the media, it's just seen as something that's constant. And it's also seen as something that we should give into and just like, like do rather than like, and just like shirk our religion off for all these other haram things rather than turning to Allah or um, actually seeking practical help. Yeah, definitely, 100%. And um, I did, I checked this, there was this very interesting article that I was reading. Um, these two Muslims developed a test to check, um, to measure whether a the portrayal of a Muslim in a film or TV show is, you know, correct or is it actually incorrect? And they have, like, these five questions that if, the answer is yes to any of these questions then um obviously this muslim portrayal is negative so um for example the first question is is the character talking about the victim of or the perpetrator of terrorism is the character presented as irrationally angry um is the character presented as superstitious culturally backwards or anti-modern is the character presented as a threat to Western to the Western way of life? And if the character is a male, is he presented as misogynistic? Or if female, is she presented as oppressed by her male counterparts? And these people who made this test, they conducted a study um, where they tested certain films and TV shows uh, to see if they would pass or fail this test. And they did one test where literally, where one one TV show failed all five of the criteria within the first 12 minutes of the first episode. So it's pretty shocking, like how badly Muslims are represented. Um, but yeah, um, Ikram, should we move on? Yeah, 100%. 
Um, now we're going to move on to something that I think plays a big part of everyone's lives and that is social media and the first question that we're going to ask is social media do we need it um Aleph I'm going to start with you do you think we need social media well uh especially in the day of age we're living now yes (laughs) um however you know if we could live without social media could we yes however uh Personally, I don't think I could live without social media. I have tried and I really struggled. Uh, for me, social media is like like how in the olden days they would read a newspaper every morning. <laughs> for me, it's just like I need to go on my Instagram. I need to go on my Facebook. I need to see what's on my timeline. I need to see if anyone sent me a message. So in that way, um, personally for me, I can't. I don't think I could ever live without it. And if I try, it'd probably only be like a few weeks max. So yeah, that's that's me with my social media. I agree with you. I'm not against social media at all. I think the idea of like ban social media, etc., is just a bit like exaggerated to me because just like anything in life, it's about moderation and it has its positives and its negatives. And the way social media is designed to a large extent, a very large extent, it is how you use it and what you surround yourself with. That is what the social media like produces for you, which can be both a positive, but also a negative as well. And I think, especially we've seen with COVID, it does have a lot of positive, like, elements to it like for example for a lot of companies it was it was through social media that they were able to keep them afloat and like without social media this show sister speak shout out to sister speak this show would actually like our show wouldn't exist because we wouldn't have youtube we wouldn't have the platform to like um broadcast our show and like reach out to so many people and so similar to you elif i think we could live without social media because there was a time we lived without it as well but I think in some ways it is a really good asset for us and because of the way life is built now for example with marketing with selling with producing to just suddenly like get rid of that would actually like probably do a lot more like damage what about you Rueda? Yeah definitely I think as you guys have said um there are benefits to social media there are also negatives to social media we all know like people get addicted to it people spend too much time on it people end up with mental health issues because comparison and things like that but at the same time businesses use it you know sisters speak (laughs) exists because of it there's also like so much information that we can get from social media that is useful um, so definitely, um, it's it's one of those things that, as the beehive has written here, it's a blessing in disguise. And yeah, if we use it right, definitely, I agree with that comment. No, 100%. And we see it in um, a lot of um, movements as well. It's because of social media, a lot of things have actually changed we saw it happen a lot last year in like in relation to like certain movements and things so it is very useful so now moving on to representation on social media and when we're talking about representation we're talking about like influencers so that could be like your youtubers like 
us. Um, that could be like your Instagrammers, your bloggers, etc. So we've put a question up on the screen. Muslim influencers, yay or nay? Give us your thoughts, please. And we just want to also ask, like, do we think that it is it the right type of representation? Are we showing that we're confident in our Muslim identities or are we trying to fit in? What do you think, Rareda? I think there's a mixture of both, isn't there? There are some um there is some good representation from Muslim influences, positive influences. Um, but at the same time we do also get negative influences. And I feel like I don't know, it just depends on the person, it depends on the individual. Um it's really difficult because um yeah, because at, on one hand it's like you we, we're not supposed to judge people um but on the other hand um i think because um social media is such a public thing it's such a um something that's available to everyone everyone can you know if you don't privatize your posts or whatever everyone can see what your um what your output is what your social media output is and it kind of depends on the individual. Um, yeah. What about you, Elif? Anything to add to that? Um, well, with social media, um, I, I'm just thinking right now of obviously Instagram because I guess Instagram is the go-to place when you want to like get to know a certain influencer. Uh, you like scroll, you know, scroll through all their pictures, and you know, even stories and everything that they post out uh i don't know i'm kind of always in between because i have come across certain muslim women influencers who are you know um wearing hijab and uh they they raise issues if there's something going on uh, like for example issues that are happening in palestine so they'll put like free palestine uh, on their stories uh, so they don't like remain quiet like they will speak up but then you have the other hand uh, where I guess they tend to remain silent because they don't want to use their platform for those kind of things uh, their platform is mostly talking about you know the sponsors that they have so they'll sponsor like certain clothes outfits hijabs uh, because that's just the way they make their money, you know, for them, their Instagram account is their business. Um, so I guess it just all comes down to the way their intentions are when it comes to using social media. And a lot of Muslim hijabi women nowadays use social media as a tool to, you know, sell. So and not a lot of them are using it for, I guess, Islamic reasons, but more for like re uh, purposes to get people to buy and be more invested in their lifestyle to see the way they spend their day, what they have for breakfast. So, yeah, it's like one of those things where for some it's like, oh, yeah, I love that. And I would like to know what she is doing on holiday. Uh, but then for some, it's be like, I don't care about that. And, um, you know, some people might be a little bit 
uncomfortable or might judge and go, you know, as a Muslim woman, you know, you shouldn't really be, you know, showing your life like that kind of thing. But I think it just all comes down to the viewer. Everyone's different. Everyone has a different opinion. Uh, but I think social media can be used for good more than for bad, to be, to, to be fair. I know some people may not think that, but um, I feel like it's a good way of connecting with people. And, um, you know, like, like for me personally, I like to look at like certain Muslim women who are living like in different parts of the different parts of the world. And you can see like their different cultures, you know, different ways of living. And I personally find that really interesting. So for me, I'm, I, I kind of like it. I kind of like watching um, video, YouTube videos of different uh, Muslim uh, families out there. Uh, it's just interesting to see. So, yeah. Um, Jazakallah for that. We've just had a comment from Song One who said, could someone please explain to me what exactly, what exactly Muslim influencers are? So just an influencer in general, we've just added the term Muslim to be specific. An influencer is just someone who has the power or the status to affect decisions of others or purchases of others because of their supposed authority. Um, so yeah, to be honest, like I think there's no obviously there is a right and wrong way for example not doing haram stuff on social media so I think as long as you're not doing something haram I don't necessarily have a problem with it like we have a comment from Wahab Guja who says that I am using social media for work like a freelancer you know like I have and I have like a food account as well, where I post my food. And like, you know, none of that is like posting like your food or something to me anyway, it's not haram. But I think what happens with social media is that what is allowed and not allowed or what is halal and haram ends up becoming blurred because there's this sort of feeling when you're using social media that it's not real because you can't physically you can't truly physically see the effects yes you may make money from it and you obviously you'll see the money but you can't you can once you turn off your phone or once you close the app or delete the app that's it you're not you're not engaging with the outcomes of that so I think like the sisters have already said it's both good and bad because especially when like instilling confidence in other people or like engaging with other people for example a lot of the times like Muslim women are portrayed mostly on social media as being so free so confident and so liberated which is good because you know it's good for other Muslim women to see Muslim women that are confident in their Muslim identities that are confident with their religions that are practicing however because that line between like halal and haram is so blurred online I think it can sometimes teeter on into the negative side because of the examples that people are using if you get me so I've seen sometimes what I would regard as disrespectful things done with a hijab to prove to others or to display a certain you know message or to sell a certain things and it ends and what they're doing is haram so you know sometimes it doesn't come across as like a confidence but rather than a compromise and also I think as well we can also promote negative stereotypes on social media like I see this a lot especially recently like 
there'll be like a certain trend that like non-Muslims are engaging in, right? And you'll see loads of sisters or like other people making videos such as, oh, if I, you're lucky I'm a hijabi because I would have bodied this trend, like I would have killed this trend or even other people who in an attempt to bring up Muslim women, they'll be like, oh, you know, you should be grateful that there's Muslim women because otherwise they would have killed this trend. And I think even though it has good intentions because they're trying to like promote Muslim women or like increase our confidence or whatever, it can actually have like the negative effects because it's like, what are you trying to insinuate? Because essentially like they're sexualizing the hijab, do you know what I mean? They're sexualizing Muslim women and they're turning our modesty and like our hijab and etc. into something that it's not. So I think we have to just be very careful in what we put out there. This includes me as well, because like I said, it's very, very easy to forget. It's very easy to forget that it does have effects because we can't see them. What about you, Rueda? Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. And obviously, as you said, there's so many negative, um, you know, examples of of Muslims maybe not behaving in the correct way. Um, on the flip side, though, you do have a lot of Muslim influencers. I follow one in particular who, mashallah, she's motivated me to start going to the gym. She wears like full niqab like everything like himar everything covered and she's working out and it's it's just really nice to see that kind of i don't know empowering and strong muslim identity um represented on social media i think it's definitely um something that's needed and something that you know maybe will help us counteract the negative um, representations of Muslims in media and social media in general. Um, Ikram, I don't know if you have anything to add to this. No, I don't. Um, so we're going to move on. Jazakallah Amina, she has commented that she that is so true and a lot of like laughing emojis. So Jazakallah for interacting. So we're going to move on to actually, this brings us on to... Um, media safety so we're gonna ask you guys if you have any tips on keeping safe on media on on social media sorry and online in general please share them in the comments but um elif what are your tips for keeping safe on social media i guess um to keep safe it's just you need to be careful of what you're sharing i guess like you don't want to over inform someone especially if you're public, you know, if you're public and you've just got loads of people just coming onto your Instagram account and they can see everything about you, uh, you don't want to overshare too much of yourself. So, for instance, I'm not a mother, but if I was a mother, I personally wouldn't share my children's faces if I had a public profile. And I know a lot of Instagrammers or, I don't know, like YouTubers, are okay with doing that um but obviously it depends on each parent it's different uh it's just like certain vulnerable people you wouldn't want to really share uh for their own safety uh other ways of protecting content i guess is just you know as muslims as well as muslim women um as a person who wears a hijab 
is I, you know, I wouldn't share a picture of me that I wouldn't want everyone to see. Uh, so it's just being careful with what kind of content you share um, and just making sure you know who sees it as well. And we have some comments. So we have the Beehive who said, similar to Elif, a good tip to staying safe on social media is to keep your account private. And when we say private, we don't just mean like putting on the setting. Like once you put your account on private, it's better because you have a lot more control in who can access your account. So that, so like try to like maybe not accept people that you don't know or strangers or things like that. And then we also have a comment from Wahab Guja who said, that um, she doesn't show her face or like put on live attendance. She keeps it solely to messages or audio call as well. And um, what about you, Rueda? Do you have any tips to staying safe on social media? I think one place where we might um, fall into harm on media, social media, is manipulation. And I think to combat this, it's so important that we seek knowledge and that we seek it from the right sources and to make sure that we're not falling into manipulation. Like we've all heard um, stories of people who have, you know, maybe traveled to different countries, um, you know, to, to um, you know, so we've all we've all heard these stories of people being manipulated online in social media and I think it's really important that we try to avoid that only follow people that you know um try to um you know try to um keep your account private but also try try not to um make everything known about you as well um, we have some comments here by the Beehive. Um, one, she has, she or he has said, think of social media as a digital marketplace instead of your own private space or page. I think that's really important um, because as the Beehive has written, it's accessible to anyone all over the world. And definitely it's true. Um, we've had one comment here by Livers that has said, Keep accounts private. Don't add random people displaying yourself and life to strangers. You don't know what people are like behind closed doors, Muslim and non-Muslim. And definitely, I agree with that. Um, definitely. Ikram, do you have anything to add? I was just going to say, I think this leads on to like another point about like number two points actually about disclosing sins and seeking knowledge. So we're going to first talk about like... Um, disclosing sins so like in surah nisa ayah 148 it says that allah likes not the open utterance of harsh words unless a man has been wronged allah is hearing and all-knowing and there's actually a hadith where um allah is questioning a slave and you know like the slave has so many sins and he's just like oh allah punish me and allah says allah questions how he that slave like kept their sins a secret and because in, in the dunya and because they kept their sins a secret that on this day of judgment you know that he's not going to expose their sins in front of everyone and he will also keep it a secret and we also know something similar in relation to covering other people's sins you know we we don't need 
everything to be public and I think because like we said earlier that there's this idea of like a lack of realism realism with social media or like a lot of dissociation with social from social media because you know the consequences and effects are not like tangible people don't realize how much they're disclosing and like how much they may be like showing you know and we also have a comment from Amina who says share your accounts as public um be open about the good you spread to the world in modesty so she says something really nicely you know that if you are going to spread your if your if your account is going to be public like make sure what you're spreading is good because you know we also have to remember that anyone who like follows whatever we say on social media or does whatever we say on social media you know they're going to we're going to be like questioned about it on day of judgment even if we don't know that person like we're going to be held accountable for it so we do have to be very careful and then the second point as well is about seeking knowledge and we learned this in school like once we were when we were kids we learned about this to always fact check when we're researching for projects and things and you know the same applies to social media just and because you have like inspirational accounts or motivational accounts or accounts that just post like quotes that even I follow but you know at the end of the day like the beehive said um you don't know some of these people you may not know them you may not know their knowledge or their status or their gender a lot of the times like the information that we receive via some of these accounts or social media is like a second-hand account it's like someone else relaying another piece of information so we have to be very careful we have to take everything with a pinch of salt in terms of seeking knowledge and that applies to other things as well like we can't just take word from it and I think it's very scary that we have to be careful to not allow social media to replace our Quran and our, and our hadiths and our own authentic pieces of knowledge um what do you think about that Elif? Yeah definitely I mean as Muslims especially practicing Muslims we obviously always have to reconsider every you know choice we make in life uh, make sure our intentions are pure and we doing it for the sake of Allah and uh, not for the sake of you know viewers or more followers um so if if even if your account is private or public or even if it's just you that sees your own content you know like you just need to make sure whatever you share isn't gonna displease Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um there's many times I took something um I'll take a picture, I'll take a video and I'm so close to posting it. And I'm like, you know what? No, I don't want to post this uh, because I just know like it might not be, you know, right for me to post uh, because you want to be a source of goodness to others. Um, you don't want to be a source of, you know, you don't want to be a source of in encouraging others to do something that's not right. Um, so I basically see social media as a tool to actually gain reward as well like by sharing you could be sharing like um a, a hadith or a verse from the quran which might be read by a muslim or non-muslim and it could even start a conversation uh and you know social media can really be a beautiful uh tool to use to you know, uh, vocalize Islam, to vocalize and educate others about it. 
Yeah, 100%. And just to add to those points on like seeking knowledge in the right places, I do feel like a lot of people turn to social media as a point of knowledge and they go to perhaps these influences that they really aspire to be like or that they really like and then suddenly the influencer does something which is wrong and they're cancelled and you know um, the information you no longer seek the information from them but you know as an ummah we have to remember we have to realize that these people are not figures of authority when it comes to looking for Islamic information a lot of the time they're not scholars they're not students of knowledge they're not any more they don't have any more authority than me or you Ikram or you you know no one okay so I think um, it's really important that we don't idolize these people and that we stick to what we know from the Quran and from the Sunnah but handing it back to Ikra <laughs> no 100% all of those things are very important and it's all part of keeping safe as well you know you have to like in protecting both like your physical self and as well as your spiritual self like you know you have to be careful in what you take in and we do have some comments as well like we have a comment from song one who said personally i think you have to work with yourself for example turn away when you see something that you shouldn't see you know that's lowering our gaze in islam we know we have to lower our gaze in islam he says she says even if you turn your device on private this doesn't save you so you know all of this is you know a part of protection so things such as you know fact checking keeping our accounts on private, not engaging with people that we don't necessarily know, and also taking everything with like a pinch of salt, because as the Beehive says that, you know, social media at the end of the day is all about appearances. You know, we post, we post, we say, we put out there what we want people to see, and people can make assumptions for that, but at the end of the day, like they're only seeing a very small part of our lives a tiny part of our lives they're literally just seeing that one picture that we took in that one minute out of the 24 hours that we're living so to protect our physical health mental health and as well as spiritual health we have to be careful and also take precautions so i think that does bring us to the end of the show and we want to also ask the audience for our future shows, is there anything or any topics that you would want us to talk about? If you have anything that you would want us to particularly cover or you want us to like discuss, put email the email the account list on the screen, which says info at streamislam.co.uk and just maybe put in the title or the topic, Sisters Speak Ideas, if you have anything that you want us to talk about or anything that you want us to discuss on future shows but yes a big jazakallah and thank you to sister Alif for joining us today we've had a it's been a pleasure having you yeah thank you so much for having me it was a very interesting discussion i really enjoyed it and uh, hopefully it's benefited everyone who has been listening as well no jazakallah and from all of us here at sister speak Email show, email show topic ideas to info at Stream Islam. And Jazakallah, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week, same time, 
same day. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.